Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus before we begin if you like what you hear on mile high report radio podcast don't forget to rate and review us on apple podcasts and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcast you're listening to mile high report radio with your hosts adam malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. Adam, it's very interesting that the signing of a backup quarterback with it brings probably the biggest news of the Denver Broncos and NFL free agency at this point with the legal tampering period going forward until, as you listen to this on Wednesday, the league year opens at 2 p.m. Mountain Time. But with the Broncos signing Jeff Driscoll as their backup quarterback, Mike Kliss then added the news of all of this, and that is the Broncos will either trade or release Joe Flacco by the week's end. That's it right there. Not even waiting for June 1st. Just cut and go, right? Uh, yay, right? That's that's what most most of the, the fans have wanted. Broncos country has been asking the question, when are they going to cut Joe Flacco? When are they going to move on from Joe Flacco? Why is Joe Flacco still a Denver Bronco? What is going on with Joe Flacco being a Denver Bronco? And now we know that he won't be by perhaps the end of the week. So, uh, nice to, nice to see him pass on through. It was, uh, not the most elite time that he spent here, uh, with the Denver Broncos, but he 
was in town for a season. I think that's pretty much all you can say about it. It's going to be an elite finish. It will be. It will be an elite exit is what it will be. It will be an elite exit quickly to his car so he can drive to DIA or, or is he flying right now? Nobody's really flying, right? So maybe he'll, he'll just drive to wherever it is that he's going, social distancing and all that good stuff, making sure that you're six feet away. What will be interesting is if Elway is able to constitute a trade for Joe Flacco because he was able to do that with Case Keenum and the Washington Redskins last year where no one thought that was possible. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And I'll, I'll send out another name to you. Ty Sambrello, if you recall, was a guy who John Elway was able to get value for him and trade him away as well. So maybe that's maybe that's Elway's gift. Maybe one of his gifts is the ability to take a guy that nobody wants or should want and turn it into a draft pick or two. And if he's able to do that with Joe Flacco on top of Tyson Brylo and Case Keenum, more power to him. Yeah, Hall, and of, Hall of Fame. The Broncos uh, announced, and I, I thought it was kind of weird timing, but mid-afternoon on Tuesday, the Broncos announced that uh, John Elway's mom, Janet, passed away in early March. And I I, I can't imagine the the grief and the pain of losing your last parent because as Broncos country knows, John lost his dad, Jack, uh, what about 10, 15 yeah, years 10, ago, 15 years ago. It was a long time ago. So his last parent uh, is gone. And uh, I, uh, as I tweeted out, it's tragic news. And I, I, I think I speak for both of us when I say, uh, our condolences go out to John and the Elway family and and friends of the Elway family. Absolutely. It's a, it's a tough time. And, it, you know, it's one of those things where um, I think there was some light criticism from some uh, about where, where John was and, and whether or not he was really uh, with the team and doing what he needed to do. When I say light criticism, it was, you know, obviously people didn't really know what was going on and there may have been some question about, well, why isn't he in Denver uh, clearly there were more important things going on and, and anybody who had any question about it before clearly knows the answer now and isn't really going to worry about it beyond that. And, and, and you do make a good point. It's a very difficult time for, for anyone. Uh, you know, I've considered myself very fortunate, uh, you know, I'm heading, heading close to 40 here. Both my parents are still with us, uh, which is, which is wonderful. You know, otherwise we wouldn't get to talk about the old man so much or my mom for that matter. Uh, and so, you know, all you can do is really, uh, send positive vibes, well wishes, uh, you know, if, if you do thoughts and prayers, do that as well. Uh, but, but obviously there's, there's still football to talk about, right? And that's, that's really what we're here for. It's, it's not play on the field, right? Because nothing, there is no play on the field right now. And we live in a, a weird world where, uh, there are no sports. I, I don't know how to, to, to deal with that. It's been multiple days now since I've watched an actual game that, wasn't recorded that I didn't know the outcome of, but free agency is here and teams around the league are making moves. Even the Denver Broncos have made some moves or, or one. And so we're going to talk, we're going to talk about that. Let's, let's jump into uh, the free agency news and, and what's going on with the Denver Broncos. So aside from the news of them adding Jeff Driscoll, who comes from the Detroit lions and he played a couple of games last year and Matt Stafford got hurt and then he got hurt. Um, being Jeff Driscoll. So he comes in, he's a 26-year-old. Um, 
the thing that always baffles me are the people who want a splash signing as a def- as a backup quarterback. I mean, that that's literally okay. Who would you want them to bring in? Jameis Winston? No, thank you. I'd like to have the crab legs that are still in stock, not stolen by the potential backup quarterback of the Broncos. I wonder if there are crab legs in stock right now, because uh, I I doubt it. I was at I was at Walmart today. The meat section was pretty bare, uh, and the the lobsters were not in their cage. They were just out walking around. So I'm not really sure. Crab legs. They were I looking for so. toilet paper. They were looking for not not at that Walmart. They weren't. I tell you what. No, it's it's interesting. Jeff Driscoll. That's fine. Um, you know, we talked about this a little bit before. I think I'm going to have a bit of a, uh, I don't know, a, a laissez-faire sort of attitude towards free agency right now, just because I don't really, I'm not worried about the quarterback position. So we're going to talk about a few things, but then when we get done talking about it all, I'm going to be like, yeah, but we've got Drew Locke and I'm actually surprisingly comfortable with that. So uh, I have no problem with what's been going on in free agency. I know that there's a lot of people in Broncos country who are also mad about a few other things that have happened. For example, uh, the Broncos miss on DJ Reader. But you know, we could we could start with a miss there uh, on DJ Reader. But did they really miss on DJ Reader, or did DJ Reader just choose to go play for another team for five extra million dollars? because he wanted more money. I mean, honestly, like you're going to go play in Cincinnati for an extra $5 million. I guess they'd have to pay me an extra $5 million to, to play in Cincinnati. So I don't know. Do you see that as a miss them not signing DJ reader? Or do you think that is one of those things where John Elway and the Broncos picked a number? They, they put a value on a guy. We talked about this with Cecil when he was on the show. Uh, I think we talked about it uh, with Ben as well. Here's the number we have on this guy. This is the value we give him. This is what we're going to pay you. And if you if you can get more than that somewhere else, good on you. I, I think we get into a slippery slope when we start saying that it was a $5 million difference because Jeff Legwald said that the, the total value was significantly different between the Broncos and the Bengals. That tells me that Cincinnati probably front-loaded the deal and offered more guaranteed money than John Elway and the Denver Broncos were willing to do. And as I told you before we started recording, I don't want John Elway and the Denver Broncos to set the market on a defensive tackle. I don't mind it at left tackle. I don't mind it at right tackle, as long as he can stay healthy. I don't mind it at Defensive end, outside linebacker, cornerback. At nose tackle? No. You can get depth pieces and get guys who can fill in without that kind of money. So, no, I don't view it as as a, as a loss or a criticism of Elway being too cheap. I think it was a circumstance of the Bengals front-loading a deal, giving him more money up front than the Broncos were willing to do. And he still chose Cincinnati. That's the thing that puzzles me. You're going to actually pick Cincinnati over Denver. And if you want to say that Joe Burrow is the reason that he signed there, okay. Well, the Broncos have Drew Locke. He's more proven at this point, at least in terms of the NFL, than Joe Burrow. And you still picked the Bengals. Yeah, I, I think that that's really where it, it comes down to sort of that that issue of 
you're right. The five million dollar difference is is probably a much bigger number based on a lot of the other contract issues. But you pick to play for the Cincinnati Bengals, who have a track record of winning nothing, uh, over playing for the Denver Broncos, who have a track record of let's face it, winning playoff games, winning Super Bowls, being a contender. And while I I know that for a guy like DJ Reader and for a lot of guys in the NFL, when we talk about contracts and we talk about how much money they're trying to make, they look at it as a business and they look at it as, you know, this is, you know, my first contract is, is, is peanuts. My second contract is, is big money. And what Ben talked about on the show, when we had him on that second contract being for, uh, you know, a championship. And then that third contract is cashing out. Well, DJ reader, I suppose is cashing out now, uh, which is fine. Go, go for it, get your money, but you're right. I, I don't, I don't view this as a, 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 big issue for the Broncos to not have brought him in. There are um, numerous reasons why he would have been a good fit in Denver. I think he would have been uh, an excellent piece to the puzzle. And we talked about fit. We've talked about pieces of the puzzle, those kinds of things. He would have fit just fine, but at the price tag that was put on him by the Bengals, who are the ones who really sort of drove that up, I'm sure, because they're the ones who wanted him as badly as Denver did. I think Elway has to look at that pragmatically and say, we've got other places we've got to spend money and we can be successful spending our money elsewhere and bringing in guys that are going to be uh, less expensive and still just as uh, effective in that particular position. So it's, it's a smart business play. I know that it doesn't feel good as a, as a fan, right? We, we wanted to jump on. I think I, <laughs> I think I, I sent you a message today saying something along the lines of, yay, we signed an offensive guard. Woo. And that was, that was the tone I used sort of like, ah, that's all we got. But uh, honestly, okay. Because I, I think at the end of the day, that was a pretty good signing as well. I think it was a very underrated signing. I think it's a very, very, very good signing. I think Graham Glasgow being signed to a four-year deal, I think it's $44 million with $26 million guaranteed, I think is a great signing because Graham Glasgow is efficient. He stays on the field. He doesn't commit penalties. And he's strong in both terms of run blocking and pass blocking. And as I said in my grade for the signing, which is what we do at Mile High Report, if Brandon Thorne loves a move, I will give it an A. And Brandon Thorne absolutely loved the signing of Graham Glasgow by John Elway and the Denver Broncos. And I was pounding the table for Joe Tooney. But he was surprisingly, I think it was a surprise, that the Patriots tagged him because there had been no talk of that. And when it was reported, even the Patriots reporters like Mike Girardi with NFL Network were surprised by the fact that Bill Belichick put the franchise tag on Joe Tooney. While I wanted them to get Joe Tooney, the fact that they were able to get Graham Glasgow makes up for it because I think Graham Glasgow is a very good guard. And now, because I think that's where he's going to be projected to play. So now you have Dalton Reisner and Graham Glasgow as your guards. With Connor McGovern moving on to the Jets, I think that absolutely makes center depending on who's there early in the second round, probably where they go. So the Ruiz kid from uh, Michigan, Cushenberry is a possibility. So I, I would look for them to go that route in the second round. But I love the Graham Glasgow signing. And if you want to get an idea 
of why you should like it, go watch some of the highlights and the film of the Detroit Lions against the Kansas City Chiefs and watch what Graham Glasgow was able to do against Chris Jones. Yeah, I, I imagine, and this is just sort of my own sort of brain thinking this, John Elway probably looked at that tape with some of his other, you know, evaluators of Mike Munchak and, and those guys and said, this is a guy we'd like to incorporate into our team because look at what he does to a guy who we have to play twice a year. So those are the kinds of things that you have to take into consideration. Is it a splashy move? Absolutely not. Is it something that's going to be plastered across the the bottom line on ESPN or the NFL network or whatever? Not, I mean, yeah, because they put everything down there, but it, not like it's going to be huge breaking news. But it is something that should make you, as a fan, go, okay, that's that's a good move. That's something that that's a that's a hole that needed to be filled. That's that you know an area of need. A guy who is pretty successful at the position. Maybe you don't know enough about him to to make that judgment. I I will put myself in that boat. Uh, until they signed him, I had no idea who he was, and then I had to go and do my research. And, and like you, in doing my research and kind of looking through and, and seeing what he was capable of, it, it comes out that he's a pretty capable offensive guard. Fantastic. And you're right. The moving on from Connor McGovern, and that's really what it is with Connor McGovern, is the Denver Broncos were done with him. They weren't going to pay him the money that he thought he was worth or that the Jets thought he was worth or that anybody really thought he was worth. They, I think, were just done with him. This is something that they had to do. They had to go in and bring uh, another offensive guard, somebody who could. Now, this is the other uh, potential uh, there. If they really are high on Elijah Wilkinson and they think he can be the other offensive guard, now you've got uh, you've got Glasgow who can play center because I know he has played center in the past as well. So if things don't fall into place in the draft, it's not the end of the world, or at least. The Broncos don't think it's the end of the world. And Mike Munchak doesn't think it's the end of the world. And just like you said with Brandon Thorne and, and him liking this move, if Mike Munchak is a fan of this move, the, the best offensive line coach in the NFL, as we have said on this show many times, then who am I to judge in a negative way? Who am I to look at them and say, this is a bad way to go? Absolutely not. I, I'm going to go ahead and just side with Mike Munchak here and side with the Denver Broncos on this one. Simply because they probably know a little bit more than I do. At least that's what I'd like to. I'd like to think they know more than I do. Just because if I know more than them, then they need to be paying me some money. Then and I'll give them my knowledge. I'm fine with that. And the other two moves that the Broncos have made are pretty big moves. They tagged Justin Simmons to make sure that he doesn't go anywhere, and they traded for AJ Boye. I'm not sure if any of our listeners have seen the the crazy monopoly money that have been thrown to cornerbacks since the the legal tampering period opened on Monday, but it's crazy money. Like Byron Jones got 17 million, which is projected. It's it's about what he was going to be projected at. AJ Boye is getting 13.5 for the next two years. And all it took was a fourth round pick. And none of that's guaranteed. and And it's a guy that Vic Fangio has wanted since he since Boye signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars after leaving Houston. So you know, going back to the whole fit talk, that A.J. Boye is a fit. Yeah, I, I, and, and that is, it's like you're, you're putting puzzle pieces where they belong and things like that. A.J. Boye is, is maybe the perfect puzzle piece for what Vic Fangio wants to do because of the price tag, because of what he costs in a draft pick and what his contract looks like. 
and what everybody else's contracts look like. You make you make a very good point there. So that was huge. The the Justin Simmons tag, while uh, I, I know most of the people who listen to this show are going to know that we thought that it was ridiculous that it was ever a question that you kept hearing from like ESPN, NFL Network, that Justin Simmons was available. Uh, he, he was available right up until he was tagged. And then he was tagged and he wasn't available and no one was surprised. And it was it was the right move for John Elway. And now what they need to do is work on a long-term deal for him because that's a kid who I would like to see wearing orange and blue for the rest of his career playing in Denver because he looks like he's going to be one of those, like you say, Pat Bowl and Broncos. And and when we talk about Broncos and their potential to be Pat Bowl and Broncos, Justin Simmons is a Pat Bowl and Bronco. And I like the idea of, of wrapping him up tight for the rest of his career and letting him just you know, waltz into the ring of fame, perhaps, uh, if he can really have an impact. And, and that's a huge move as well. And then really beyond that, the Broncos have been sort of a, a sit back and they've been in on a few guys, but they haven't closed any deals because like you said, crazy monopoly money getting thrown around and the market being set too high on certain guys and not wanting to overspend. And And I think it's important that when you talk about franchises that are successful, it's those franchises that are disciplined with their approach and know what they want to accomplish and how they want to accomplish it. And they don't veer from that simply because, oh my God, well, we got to sign a guy. We didn't get the big move. Okay. Okay. It's all good. You know, I I say that a lot to like my kids and my, my students. All right. It's okay. Let's, let's slow down. It's going to be fine. What else is there? And, and I, and that's really the point. Uh, what else is there? What can the Broncos do now uh, moving forward? Well, before we get into that, the other move that... Oh, you want uh, to talk about Andy. John, the, the, that John Elway and the Broncos have made, and it's upset a lot of Broncos country, Surprising. and especially some at the, the MHR community, and it's not really surprising, uh, is the Broncos traded Andy Janovich to the Cleveland Browns for a seventh-round draft pick. And I get the love affair with Andy Janovich. I love I mean, Andy Janovich. I, there are there are certain positions that Broncos country loves. Fullback. They love fullbacks and white receivers and backup quarterbacks. That's oh third string quarterbacks too. You're absolutely yeah, not even right. backup. No. They need to be like late round or undrafted. We're talking third, third, fourth string quarter. We're talking quarterbacks. The Bradley Van Pelts of the world. Or you know what I'm saying? Like Zach Dicer. There you go. Yeah. No. Uh, look, we love Andy. J- I, I, it's safe to say you and I both really, really liked Andy Janovich when they drafted him. We liked the way he looked when he practiced. We would have liked the, the way he looked when he played, but he never played. And 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 that's the problem here. And that's the thing that is is frustrating about Andy Janovich. You can be upset about the trade all you want. You can be disappointed that John Elway traded away your favorite oft-injured fullback. I I get it. The dude scored a touchdown on his first carry, and then his body fell apart. He never never could put together a complete season. He he couldn't stay on the field. That sounds awful, but he couldn't stay on the field. And then couple that with Pat Shermer coming in, and the the fullback not being a, a position of importance. Ah, sorry, Andy, but 
you have to go to Cleveland. Like that's maybe that's why people are so upset. They traded him to Cleveland. The poor guy's got to go play in Ohio. Maybe they think it's going to be like some Peyton Hillis thing. Remember oh, when he yes. when Josh McDaniels? Yes. I don't remember if he released him or traded him to the Browns, but Peyton Hillis ended up with the Browns. And wasn't he the Madden cover guy he too? He was the Madden cover guy, and and he was the reason I made it to my fantasy football championship that year because he had such a stellar season in Cleveland. And and Josh McDaniels was absolutely wrong about that, but he was worried that Peyton was going to steal his girl. And so you got to move that guy somewhere. You send him to Cleveland. Was that was that too deep there? Did we get was that a little too personal? I hate Josh McDaniels. But the point is, is any Janovich is not going to have a Peyton Hillis type of no. effect for the Cleveland Browns. Could you, I mean, uh, is it possible? Let's let's think about that for just a second. Is it possible? No. That, like, no, you're right. It's not. I, I mean, I tried. I really did. I, I went inside my brain. I looked for the equation that would have added up to Andy Janovich being a 1,200-yard rusher with 18 touchdowns uh, and and maybe 400 yards receiving and, and another two touchdowns. It didn't. I couldn't find it. It wasn't there. I found a lot of broken limbs and possibly a torn ACL. The thing that I think people loved about Andy Janovich is the attitude that he had, yes. that he would be willing to do anything and everything on the football field. And I and I think that's what gets people so fired up about him is that mentality that that he has. And I think that I think the best thing that that Andy Janovich ever brought to the Broncos is something that he didn't even bring. It was the former uh, Brock Olivo, the special teams coordinator, with probably the greatest soundbite ever with – 22 Janos. I mean, that's probably the best thing that Andy Janovich ever brought to Broncos country. And it wasn't even him who did it. Right. And honestly, if you're still listening, cause I know there are probably several people who stopped because of our, what seems like Andy Janovich hate. This isn't hate. We love Andy Janovich. You love and I have, Andy Janovich have said several times. I, I was with Brock Olivo. 22 Janos would been, would be spectacular. I, I he's, He's a great guy. I, I love his mentality. Attitude That's why Brock Olivo loved him. The 22 Janos. There's a reason he said that. If you have 22 guys with the same mentality, the same mindset as Andy Janovich, you will win football games. Unless, but he can't stay on the field. Yeah, unless you can't stay healthy. And and I say it all the time because I heard somebody else say it once. The most important ability is availability. And he just didn't have it. And I hope... I and I know you hope. I hope he goes to Cleveland and he's incredibly successful. And I absolutely think he could be. being the lead back for for Chubb and and Kareem Hunt. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want to lead you lead the hole for a Chubb, pave the hole for the Chubb? He's going to open the hole for the Chubb. Is what he's going to do. There you that's go. The, that's that's what the fullback does. It, the fullback opens a hole for for the Chubb for the Chubb to go through or or. To do a little hunting and do go do a little hunting, I guess. Oh, I, I see what you did there. Yeah, thank you, I appreciate that. In terms of guys who are available to get this back on <laughs> the non-perverted line here, of, yeah, we need to get back on the tracks. We're, the train is not on the tracks. Is uh, two defensive linemen to keep an eye on, and I'm going back to Brandon Thorne because anything offensive or defensive line, I totally trust him because he's one of the best at analyzing and watching. So what he thinks is like gospel to me. So he mentioned uh, Michael Pierce and Linville Joseph. 
And he said if both of the, he would love both of those guys for the Denver Broncos. And I think, why not? Especially if Michael Pierce can get back to what he was in 2018 instead of 2019, because in 2019, he was a little... Look, I'm just going to say it. There's a, there, there, you, can, you can do a comparison. The picture of him in 2018 is a stud. Stud. The picture I saw of him from 2019 is a guy that I could beat in a foot race, and that is saying something. So, uh, you know, put down the donuts, ride the bike. I don't know what you what what he's gonna do. Lose lose a little bit of that extra weight that you put on, and and go be a stud. And if it's gonna be with the Denver Broncos, come on to Denver, go to the Broncos. Colorado has the lowest rate of obesity. That'll help him out. Maybe I you know, do that. But yeah, I, I'm 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 fine with a Michael Pierce. That's but you're right. 2018 Michael Pierce, not you know. Not jelly roll. Not the Stay Puff Marshmallow yeah. Man who was in Baltimore in 2019. Exactly. Yeah. The, the the jelly roll isn't necessary. And then Linval Joseph. I, yeah, that's another name that I, I think would be a good fit. Again, it all comes back to what does Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel want to do with their defense, and do these guys fit into that particular scheme and into that particular mold? I, I think Michael Pierce does absolutely. I think Linval Joseph does too. And they're they're clearly not top tier guys, but I don't know that that's what Denver really needs on the defensive line. They need depth. They need guys that can that can play, that have an understanding of the way the NFL works, and that can pick up on uh, what Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel want to do on defense quickly, because that's that's going to make them successful in this particular setup. I'm going to throw out another name, and I wasn't sure if I was going to do this because I'm not sure. That it's even a possibility. You said you but weren't, it, but I'm glad you are. But it's a big name, and it's a name that's been out there. And it, you would think that a name like this would have been signed up by now, given the crazy money being thrown around by teams who want to make splash signings. What if John Elway and Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel are looking into a specific defensive end who I think is a game wrecker? And if you put him with Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, that only makes him an even bigger game wrecker. And that's Jadavian Clowney. Especially if they release Joe Flacco, which is what Cliss has said, as we said at the top of the show, which will free up about $10 million in cap space. If you want to make a splash signing, and it's an area of need, defensive end. Yeah. I'm in. I here we talked about this before the show, and I'll, I'll say it here as well. Uh, Jadavion Clowney is 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 one of those players that has has so much hype behind him that it's almost impossible to really gauge his success. And all of the hype that that comes with Jadavion Clowney comes from one play in college football where he busts through the line and and makes what is maybe the most incredible play. In college football history, if you you know think that that's what the most incredible play in college football history should be, but he does you know he hits the running back, steals the ball. That's that's I mean it was it was an incredible play, and it created a hype train that he couldn't get off of if he wanted to. That followed him to the NFL, and he struggled with some issues with some with some injury issues and maybe some underperformance because of those injury issues early on in his career. 
And so I think that the hype is all there. Jadavion Clowney needs a place where he can put together the skill set that he has and find success to, to at least somewhat match the hype that goes with him. Because he is one of those players that, as you said, could wreck a game. He could be a game wrecker. He has the watch ability. The, watch the first Seattle Seahawks-San Francisco 49ers Absolutely. game in San Francisco. He completely wrecked that game on his own. Absolutely. And and so he does have that ability. And if if you can get him to be that guy every week or even every other week, you're, you're getting someone who can have a major, major impact in a positive way on your defense. The concern with a Jadavion Clowney is, is he really as, as good as the hype suggests? And because he struggled, and I'm not saying he was bad, I'm saying you know he had some injury issues, but because of those injury struggles at the beginning of his career, and because of all that hype that goes with him, he starts to look like a guy that can't live up to it, and maybe that's why some teams are sort of holding back a little bit from him and perhaps saying, yeah, maybe we don't want to go after him because he's not really, you know, he's, he is he, you know, he was one of those guys that, that didn't want to play, didn't play college football for a year or whatever it was, or for certain games, or they said he wasn't going hundred percent. I think is what it was when, during his senior year, because he didn't want to get injured because he didn't want to hurt his draft stock. Uh, and so some, some people might question his heart or his desire. I think that that's uh, maybe an unfair thing to question. You know, these, these college kids don't get paid. So you got to, got to protect yourself. But now that he's in the NFL and and we have seen flashes of his abilities, uh, I think that if, if John Elway were able to, to land that type of signing, that would sort of quiet some of the murmurs in in Broncos country about the Broncos not making any big moves. And and it would be a, a big deal, but it would also be something that would, like you said, it would make Von Miller and Bradley Chubb better. It would make the secondary, which is going to be a very good secondary in my opinion, better. It would make the Denver Broncos a better team. And the other thing that I think makes it intriguing is he's not going to have to be the guy. He's not going to be asked to come in and be the game wrecker that everyone thinks he, he needs to be or has to be. If he comes into the Denver Broncos, he's coming into a team that has Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. So there's not going to be the pressure that there will be in, say, a New York or some of these other places who could throw money and make him the guy. If he comes into Denver, he's going to have two guys that are going to make him better, and he's going to make them better. And he's going to make the guy next to him on the interior of that defensive line better because that's what he does. You have to have an you have to keep an eye on him and game plan for him as an offensive coordinator and an offensive line coach. Because that's what Jadavion Clowney does. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I just think the fact that his name has been out there and he hasn't signed yet, that seems like the perfect time for John Elway to swoop in and say, want to come to Denver and join Vic Fangio? That's a pretty good selling point. That's a It's a pretty good selling point. So, all right, you're, let's, let's do this. Let's take a little bit of a break here because there is – a lot of stuff to talk about on the offensive side of the football, just in the NFL in general, because of the quarterback position, something that we've talked about in the past. When we come back, we'll, we'll hit on it again. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, we're back. Uh, wonderful ad break there. It was nice to hear some ads, I guess. Whatever. Uh, the news that is out there that we think is is huge news, and it's something that we talked about, I don't know how, how many weeks ago it was, but we definitely went over just the idea of how much the quarterback landscape was going to change in the NFL. And with the start of free agency, the quarterback landscape is changing in the NFL. And the obvious place to go, and it's where we're going to start, is with Tom Brady, who has ended his career in New England, uh, sorry, Julian Edelman. Oh, poor guy. And I haven't seen the video yet. There's that oh, Ben Affleck movie. So good. The town. First of all, the town. Yeah, Excellent town. movie. Very good. Excellent movie. movie. Uh, if you can get past some of the the rough South Boston accents, I mean, it's it, always it's always it's, it's, it's like a, pulling teeth. I yeah, hate that accent. It's a tough accent. But you know, th- that being said, great movie. But the scene is is so perfect. And Ben Affleck it, is the top Brady. Brady. Tom Brady and Julian Edelman divorcing. Yeah, it's it's perfect. It's, and it was yeah. actually perfect because of how the scene ends. Yeah, because he tells him, you come see me down in Florida. 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 You come see me in Florida. I don't know. I can't do it. But, come uh, see me in Florida. 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 It's like they're, try- it's like they're trying to say Louisville, Louisville with as few syllables Louisville. as possible. Louisville. Well, Louisville. like Tom Jackson would say, Louisville. No, so yeah, no, it's uh, it, so Tom Tom Brady is going to play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I just sorry. <laughs> Before we get any further, there's two things that I tweeted out. Okay. First of all, the last pass that Tom Brady ever threw for the New England Patriots is a pick six. Beautiful. And Tom Brady has a winning record against every team in the National Football League. Except the Denver Broncos. Beautiful. Tom Brady is eight and nine with a one and three playoff record. And the only quarterback Tom Brady has beaten in the playoffs with the Denver Broncos is Tim Tebow. Who who I love very much. Tim Tebow is my favorite uh Bronco ever. He's he's wonderful. The other thing that I'm Yay, gonna say, Tim. Did that other- work? Did anybody believe that? No. Okay. The other thing that I'm going to say about this, and I've been saying it for over a year, is Trevor Lawrence is going to end up with the New England Patriots. I and I get so. it. I get it. The Carolina Panthers and Jacksonville Jaguars are in tank for Trevor mode. But as I told you and I said it, and I told everyone else in Slack, if Bill Belichick will cheat to win, he absolutely positively will cheat to tank. Yeah. I, 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 you know how I feel about that. 
You know, I don't enjoy it. Uh, but you know, at the same time, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm crazy here. We have Drew Locke, so I'm, I'm fine with that. As a Denver Bronco fan, that doesn't bother me. And also, when was the last time Trevor Lawrence played football in the snow? Or in yeah, because he's from Georgia. Yeah. Or, or when was the last time he played football in weather that was, let's say, below fifty degrees? Because I'm, I'm guessing it's, it's ever. It's probably never, or it's very, it's a very rare occasion. That doesn't mean he can't do it. And I know we're talking about something that's not going to happen for a long time. But I'm not as concerned about it as, as maybe I used to be. And and I will thank Drew Locke for that because I think that he has eased some of my, uh, you know, my anxiety over Trevor Lawrence. You know, good luck, Trevor. I hope you land somewhere and, and play well. Or not. I don't care. So <laughs> The thing that I like about it is we can finally end Tom Brady frenzy because it hasn't been free agency frenzy since Tom Brady announced on Tuesday morning that he was going to leave the new England Patriots, which I think other people have said this, the fact that he did it on St. Patrick's day, keeping Boston fans from drinking their sorrows at bars because they can't is so rich. Yeah. I think that's so awesome. Well, and there's I- nothing more Boston than that. But I also think I'm I, I'm happy because it keeps him out of the AFC West, gets him out of the AFC, and it's going to be fun to watch him battle Drew Brees two times a year. Yeah, you know, and and to be honest, he's got weapons. Uh, Mike oh Evans yeah, and, yes he does. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin were OJ Howard and, and OJ Howard. I mean, they were there are weapons in Tampa Bay for him now. Offensive line, a little sketchy, a little sketchy. And so he's he's going to find himself taking those Peyton Manning sacks where the play breaks down and he ain't going anywhere. He's just going to drop. So that's going to happen to him a lot as well. But he's he's got guys that will make it so that he can make plays. I I will be curious to see. And, and this is really what this is about. And, and, and let's be honest here. This is about Tom Brady wanting to prove that he can win without Bill Belichick and the, and the New England Patriots. This is about Bill Belichick wanting to prove that he can win without Tom Brady. And as much as they found success for 20-plus years, and it's, it's an incredible run in sports, one that we will probably never see again. And, and yes, I did throw up just now. They will. They are trying to prove, both of them, that they don't need each other. And it's one of those phenomenons in sports, and we we saw it a few times in in sports history. Uh, maybe the the one that's maybe most prescient in my mind is is the Kobe Shaq divorce, uh, where Kobe wanted to prove that he could win without Shaq, and Shaq wanted to prove that he could win without Kobe, and, and they both went and did that, which is fine, whatever. Uh, the, you you get these moments where teams that are really really good together decide they need to figure out if they can do it apart. And it took a long time for Tom Brady to, to come to the conclusion that he needed to do it. I, I, I kind of wish he would have done it earlier, not so much because I wanted to see New England break up as a franchise, because I do, I hate them. But also, if he's really that great, then he could have left New England and been successful. And I, I saw this, and I, was it you who said it? Who said it? This actually is is going to be one of those things that, might make Peyton Manning look like an even better quarterback compared to Tom Brady. Because when Peyton Manning left the Colts, he brought his system with him 
And he was the reason that the Broncos won. And he was the reason that the Colts lost because he wasn't with the Colts anymore. So it's, he, he sort of proved that it was all about Peyton Manning. Can Tom Brady go down to Tampa Bay and prove that it was all about Tom Brady? Or is this going to be Bill Belichick proving that he can win without Tom Brady? He's already done it once, right? Matt Castle, 11 and five made the playoffs. They had a really good year, but this is different, right? There is no Tom Brady's coming back next year. This is different. Can he prove that he can win without Tom Brady for the long haul? Or if I'm Bill Belichick, maybe I go, you know what? Bye. (laughs) I think the thing that makes Tom Brady and this relationship, new connection, so intriguing is Bruce Arians. Because of the way that he has his offense, and I mean, it's kind of like the Eric Coriel offense where he'll just, he wants his quarterback to wing it. That's why Jameis Winston is the first quarterback in history to have 30 touchdowns and 30 picks in the same season. Incredible. So I I think with that in mind, that's going to be an, it'll be fun to see what the two are going to be able to do. Cause you mentioned the weapons they have. There are some reports now, and I think it, Cecil Lammy was the one who was tweeting it. They, the, there's rumors flying that they're also in on Todd Gurley. That would so be if you're able, pretty big. I, I, mean, I mean, I don't know how much he has left with his knees, but that would be that would be intriguing. I, I wonder if Melvin Gordon would be a possibility. There's Devontae Freeman, who is released by the Falcons. So I, what makes it even better and even more intriguing is that Tom Brady is now out of the AFC. But still, the Broncos play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Tampa comes to Denver this year. Ooh, that's that's going to be tough for Tom. I hope I hope he struggles with that. Now, that's not the only quarterback move, and it's not the only one that affects the Broncos in, in any way. Philip Rivers is moving on from the Los Angeles Chargers and will be taking uh, his 918 children and his wife with him to Indianapolis to play for the Colts. Uh, again, that's just another quarterback domino that falls that changes the entire landscape uh, or the quarterback landscape in the NFL. I, I don't know if it's a good fit or not. I, I think maybe Philip Rivers is, you know, Father Time's going to win at some point. I, we say that I think he's already Brady. winning. I think I think with Philip Rivers, Father Time is winning. I think you're right. And so I'm not sure I think that this is as good a move as some people might think in places like, oh, I don't know, Indianapolis. I always thought that the where Tom Brady should have gone was the Colts because of that offensive line. I I mean, to me, that seemed like the, the, the best place for Tom Brady to go. And can you imagine Tom Brady going to the Colts all those years that he battled Peyton Manning and the Colts with the New England Patriots? That would just be ironic. <laughs> now but, all those Colts fans have to go buy uh, number 12 jerseys. Now, I think, I don't know. I I don't think that this moves the needle for them. I, 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 get, I get that they think that they're a quarterback away, especially with the trade they made with the San Francisco 49ers to give up a first-round pick for DeForest Buckner and then give him like a $21 million a year contract. And I get DeForest Buckner is a good player, but $21 million a year for a defensive lineman, that seems, anyway. Seems like a lot. I, I don't think it's going to move the needle that much. Although when you're when you're in the same division 
with the team, with a head coach and general manager who just traded one of the best receivers in football for a washed-up running back and a fourth-round pick? Yeah, I mean, you do get to play the Texans twice a year, and they are coached and general managed by Bill O'Brien. Who, who is incompetent. Is just I, I, I tweeted it on Twitter. The, the Texans are dumb, and Bill O'Brien is in charge of the Texans. He's dumb. Well, and then you see the, the difference in value that the Bills gave to the Vikings for Stefan Diggs. It's like a first-round pick, a second-round pick, a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick, a sixth-round pick. And Bill O'Brien, for a better receiver, I I don't think there's any doubt DeAndre Hopkins is a better receiver than Stefan Diggs. Yeah, I think and you're he, probably right. He gets a washed-up running back in a fourth-round pick. Yeah, uh, yeah. Bill's dumb. <laughs> I don't know. But, I don't know how to say it. Bill's dumb. That guy is dumb. Back to the quarterbacks. The Carolina Panthers are moving on from Cam Newton, which allowing him to seek a trade. It's not. I, I'm. I wonder if they had John. If they had Von Miller's approval first. Yeah, you have to get Daddy's approval before you can do that. Um. So I. I don't think that he's going to be traded. I don't. Why would you? give anything up for cam newton when they're going to end up releasing him because they signed teddy bridgewater on tuesday so you know they're gonna they're not gonna have both of them so just wait and let cam newton hit free agency and sign him and i think the team to watch for is the washington redskins because of ron rivera and the offensive coordinator in washington was with rivera in carolina and that would free up the Washington Redskins. Well, they were going to take Chase Young anyway, but I'm not sure if they're sold on Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, you know, that's an interesting one. I, I See, I'm going to go the other way with that. I don't think that uh, Cam ends up in Washington because of Ron Rivera, and Ron Rivera knows what he gets with Cam Newton. And Cam Newton in his prime, absolutely fantastic. I think you want him. Cam Newton post Super Bowl 50 after he sort of was broken by Von Miller, I don't think you want that guy as your starter. I think the team to look for uh, is is the team that is currently looking for a quarterback right now that we just talked about, and that's the Los Angeles Chargers. And I think I think that's a place where uh, you might see Cam Newton suit up twice a year. Although I don't know that he'll he'll feel good about going up against Von Miller twice a year because uh, it's never been good for him when they had to play each other before. So. He, he may not want to go to the Los Angeles Chargers because of that, but that's a team I think that that makes a lot of sense as well. And I actually think that they're going to stick with Tyrod Taylor. I think Anthony Lynn is all in on Tyrod Taylor. Which is just so, a weird thing to say. It, 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 but I, I think it's because they were together in Buffalo when Tyrod Taylor was there. So he's been able to see Tyrod Taylor at his best, and Broncos country saw that when the Bills beat the Broncos with Tyrod Taylor. Um, I, I think the other quarterback move that happened is Marcus Mariota is now with the Las Vegas Raiders as a backup quarterback. What will be intriguing is the New England Patriots. What do they do? I don't think they're going to sign Cam Newton because I cannot imagine Bill Belichick and Cam Newton. There's just I mean, no way. Sounds like a cool it, TV show. I mean, Cam Newton already has a daddy. He's not going to want Bill Belichick. No way. Um 
the, I think what would be in, the, the name that I keep coming back to, and I, I it's not just because I want to see if it's actually a a bleep show, is Jameis Winston. Yeah, I, I, I mean, what better what better way for Bill Belichick to prove that it wasn't Tom Brady? than bringing in the first quarterback in NFL history to throw 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions you, in the same season. Could you imagine that 30 for 30 ESPN documentary? I mean, it's it would be too perfect. It would be literally 30 for 30. 30 for 30, uh, 30 for 30, uh, 30 for 30. I mean, that's just... I, 30 for 30 led to Jameis Winston in New England. Yeah, I, I think that would be, that would be a fascinating move. I, I'm pretty sure that Bill Belichick doesn't want that either, though. So... <laughs> Well, as Joe Mahoney said, there are ample crab legs in New England. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't even have to steal them. People probably just give them to him. So, uh, well, I don't know that. about that. It is Boston. Yeah, it's, it is Boston. Ba- Boston? Habba? Habba? Florida? See me down in Florida. Oh, go see the video. The 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 it's It's perfect. It's just perfect. It's a perfect video. Uh, to get back to Broncos things, <laughs> I, I think that they're going – potential moves that they could make, Prince of Mukamura is still out there. So I, I would keep an eye on that name. I think they want to add another defensive back. I think they're trying to re-sign Devontae Bosby. What's interesting is does Derek Wolf come back now? And I, I think Shelby Harris is gone. What's interesting is the fact that he, he was linked to the Colts well, they have DeForest Buckner now, so I don't think they're in the market for Shelby Harris. No, not at the number Shelby Harris thinks he deserves. So, I, as we said at the top, there's with the league year opening at 2 p.m. on, on Wednesday, today, it'll be interesting to see what the Broncos do, and I, I am intrigued to see what happens with Jadavian Clowney. I, I just, as I said, I think that's, that's the kind of move that John Elway swoops in and says, yeah, let's do this. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos. Broncos.